Let's get into the word of the Lord tonight. I'm going to preach from a passage I have preached from in the past, certainly not the same message, but the same passage of Scripture. I suppose uh, when you have been preaching for uh, about 28 years, I think I have preached everything in the Bible five times. I told somebody the other day, I drive down the road looking at roads, looking for road signs to find a thought to be able to preach. Uh, so this is certainly not new tonight, but I believe the Lord wants to speak to this congregation from Psalm 137, and I'm going to begin with verse number one, read down through verse number four, Psalm 137. I really feel tonight that God wants to do something very special for us. I was in the office and someone felt strongly impressed of the Lord to come into the office tonight and pray over me and felt very strongly that God is wanting to release, He's wanting to birth something in this service tonight. And I believe that with all of my heart and believe that God is going to do a great work tonight if we will let Him do so through us. Amen. Psalm 137, I want to begin with verse number 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they wasted us, they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song? In a strange land. I'm going to preach by the help of the Lord tonight. I don't want to be too heavy on you tonight. I want to preach joy into your spirit if it's possible tonight. Sister Shauna came in my office and she said, what are you preaching tonight? I said, shut up and sing. She cracked up. She's got a little sense of humor. But I am going to preach tonight. Stand up. And sing. God, help us tonight to preach what you have laid upon our heart. Lord, let it inspire someone in this congregation tonight. Speak into our spirit tonight. And we give you glory and all the honor and all of the praise. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Turn to your neighbor, greet them before you're seated. We have guests with us tonight. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. I believe that it goes without saying that we are in a very different position than what we have ever been in before. We, we, we've had revival, and we've had souls, and we've had things that happened, important things that have happened. But I really feel very strongly tonight to impress upon you 
this message that I feel that the Lord impressed upon my spirit. We need a revival of apostolic worship. But before a revival of apostolic worship comes, there must be a revelation of apostolic worship. Because before revival, first comes revelation. We don't need a birth of apostolic worship. We need a rebirth of apostolic worship. I fear that maybe we have become too refined for our own good. And for our own spiritual well-being. We have become professional churchgoers. We have become professional Pentecostal worshipers. We know when to clap, when to stand, when to lift our hands, when to say praise the Lord, and when to get our little bounce on. But old-fashioned, apostolic, uninhibited, unrehearsed worship is becoming a thing of the past. I grew up remembering, and several of you tonight will remember so well, when during our worship service, it was not uncommon for people to spontaneously step out into the aisle and begin to worship God. But because we've let a few kooky or quirky individuals that has potentially made light of apostolic worship affect us so deeply that we allow pride and fear to hinder us from stepping out of the box of traditionalism. And so we go through the motion while our spirit is inspired and our heart desires, but we are not willing to risk everything, including our reputation, to step out and to worship God uninhibited. The apostolic church was birthed in apostolic worship. I didn't say we don't have services when people step out. But it is becoming uncommon. That is not just Christian life church, but it is abroad that it is becoming uncommon for people to step out in spontaneous worship. For somebody to step out during the preaching and take a lap while the preacher's preaching just doesn't happen much anymore. For people to step out and worship God in a dance during worship service just doesn't happen much anymore. I fear that there is a trend that may be moving into our movement that is anti-apostolic worship. And while it is unintentional, we allow pride and it is a work of the enemy through the Spirit to hinder and to discourage 
people from doing exactly what they feel in their spirit. I wish I could preach this like I feel it. May I remind you that the God of creation and redemption is the God of the song. And He is the God of worship. When the universe was brought into existence, Job 36 says it like this, The morning stars sang together, and the sons of God shouted for joy. They didn't sit in silence and wave their finger, but they shouted for joy. When God brought the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt in Exodus the 15th chapter, the Israelites sang the songs of Moses. But earlier in the story, there is a time when Israel lost their song. But can I remind you that when God provided for them, and when they came through the Red Sea, and they awoke the next morning, and there were Egyptians floating on the seashore, that there was a lady by the name of Miriam that took a timbrel in her hand, and she began to lead the women in worship. I would to God that we would have some apostolic people with boldness that have the ability to lead. Oh, there ought to not be an adult in the house that criticizes our young people for a lack of worship if we're not leading them in worship. There ought to not, well, I'm, I'm going to stay on it for a minute. Don't criticize somebody else's worship if you're not leading in worship. The issue is, is you cannot lead what you do not live because we are not living where we ought to live. We do not lead the way we ought to lead. Israel was overtaken and they were taken into captivity. Everybody say captivity. They were in bondage. Captivity. They were enslaved. They were overtaken. Hear me church. They were in captivity. It wasn't work that they were looking for. It wasn't money that they were looking for. It was their song that they were looking for. The Bible said that when the enemy overtook them, that they required of them a song. But Israel had lost their song. Their song, ladies and gentlemen, equated to their worship. They had hung their harps on the willow. But there is more to this story than meets the eye. Before that they lost their song, and before that they hung their harps on the willow, Israel, sat down by the rivers of Babylon. Child of God, I come tonight to try to impress a message upon you that there is never 
a time when our worship needs to subside and we sat down. You cannot allow discouragement to cause you to sit down. You cannot allow what's going on in your life to cause you to sit down. When you sit down and lose your song, the enemy has got you where he wants you. The battle may well be over your worship. The battle may well be over your praise. Don't ever let what happens to you cause you to sit down. God, help me to preach what you put in my spirit. Hallelujah. I've talked to people who are discouraged and who are struggling. They've allowed what's happened to them, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be in their family, whether it be a hurt, whether it be something in their ministry, I'm talking tonight about preachers of the gospel that have allowed things that's happened to them to cause them to feel like they have to sit down. I'm talking about people that have allowed the enemy to get a hold of them and drag them down and wear them down. And they come and they say, well, pastor, you know, I'm not living in the victory I ought to live in. So I feel like the best thing for me to do is just to sit down. I come against that spirit of the enemy that is coming to enslave you and to stop your worship. You've got to stand back up and declare to the enemy me. I'm not sitting down and I'm not hanging my harp on the willow. When they require of me a song, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to sing the Lord's song. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. Don't become weary in well-doing. Child of God, you will reap if you faint not. Don't get weary when the battle gets rough. Don't get weary when things get boring. I never served in the United States military services. Several of you have and some of you at wartime. But several that I have talked to have stated to me that the worst part of serving during battle is when you are not in battle. It is when you are waiting for the battle to ensue. You're waiting for orders for your next mission. And when you're just sitting and you're just hanging out and you're just waiting for the next thing to come for you to fight. Some people can make it through the battle. But you get weary in well-doing. And you get sidetracked in the middle of doing right. And living for God. But because it's not going the way you think it ought to. I look around and see the blessings of God. But can I tell you sometimes I feel like the church isn't growing as fast as it ought to. 
Sometimes I feel like that we're not progressing the way we ought to. We're not getting where we ought to. And I'll let the devil start beating me up instead of me looking, first of all, this is God's church and he's ordering it and we're following his steps. But it'd be real easy for me as the pastor of the church to get weary in well-doing and want to give up and want to quit once in a while. Just like you, it's not just the same thing. It can be a preacher thing. In the middle of well-doing, you feel like giving up and throwing in the towel you feel like sitting down and just saying well let somebody else do it I've been cleaning the church for a long time let somebody else clean the church I've been working around the church a long time. It's time for somebody else to carry the load. Let me encourage some elders in the house. I believe that it may well be that we need some elders to rise up in the church, in your worship, in your praise, and to begin to set a brand new precedent around Christian Life Church and to all the middle-agers and all of the young people and all of those of us who don't really know where we fit in and say, let me show you what apostolic worship is. I'll worship when nobody else worships. I'll sing when nobody else sings. I'll praise when things are going bad. When having done all to stand, keep standing. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Just keep standing. When having done all, stand. I don't know what to do. Don't sit down. Stand. Don't quit. Stand. I'm discouraged. Stand. I don't feel like it. Stand. I can't hardly hold myself up. Let two or three around you know. They'll help you. Because I am going to tell you this much. Let me tell you about Christian Life Church. If you're not aware of this. Lord, I'm getting sidetracked off my notes now. I'm going to preach a while. If you want to see a church that rises to an occasion like none I've ever seen. You let one of its members get in need. The last time I called and said there were some needs in the church. And we were going to do a little food drive. And on Wednesday night, if you could stop by, pick up a couple canned goods and bring it to church. It filled an entire pickup bed on a Wednesday night. Because people responded. Let me tell you the kind of church this is. When people are in need... And we put a call out and say there are situations. My phone begins to light up with people saying, Pastor, I received your call. I'm praying a half an hour today. I'm praying an hour today. God is speaking this. When people are discouraged, people want to encourage you. Let me tell you tonight, whether you feel important or you feel like you're unimportant, everybody in this church holds a place in this church that nobody else can feel. Here is why. We are a building fitly framed together. We are one body but many members and we are put together by the Lord himself 
And if one is sick, the whole body feels the sickness. And if one is discouraged, the whole body feels the discouragement. All you got to do is let a brother know I'm going through it. I'm in a little struggle. And I can promise you there will be some people come and begin to hold up your hands and begin to fight with you and begin to stand with you when you've done all you can do to stand. Keep on standing. And when you're going through it, keep going through it. Look at your neighbor and tell him, keep going through it. Oh no, pastor, I want you to tell me to get out of it. You will. If you keep going through it. Somebody real smart came up with this idea one time and said, you know how far the dog can walk into the woods? Halfway. Because the other half he's walking out. Keep going. You may feel like that you're, you're just getting deeper in it, but you're just about to come out the other side. The darkest hours just before the dawn. Don't sit down. Keep on standing. Keep on standing. Keep on standing. Somebody needs to get a go through spirit in you tonight and say, I'm going through this. I'm getting out of this. I'm not staying where I am. I'm not sitting down by the river of Babylon. I'm going to keep going through it. But, but Israel sat down. Then they hung their harps on the willow. The first thing to go was their song once they sat down. I, I can, it, 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 we can call it a gift of the Spirit if we want to. If you pay any attention, you could do the same thing. I don't know necessarily it's a gift of the Spirit. But I can look through the congregation and often tell those that are going through it. And I don't have to follow your Facebook account to know it. Because the choir sings a song that says something like this. (laughs) Let my worship tell you. Maybe some choir members could help me out. Let my worship tell you. Let my worship tell you. Let my worship tell you. You are. Well, is he? Because your worship is telling the story. Shout, I'm going through it. Israel sat down. They quit going through it. And then they hung up their harps. And by hanging their harps was a sign that Israel had no intention of rejoicing again. They lost their song. And it wasn't because somebody took it from them. It was because they sat down and they hung their harps and the enemy sneered. 
you get in trouble when you sit down. And you get in trouble when you lose your song. I believe it was David that said, I will bless the Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you sit down and you hang up your praise and you start saying, I'm not going to worship like I used to, the enemy's already won the battle. He's not winning the battle. He's won the battle because the battle between God and Satan has always been over worship. Jesus was taken to the pinnacle of the temple. He was taken to the high mountain. In every instance, he said, I will give you what you want if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, for it is written... Come on, Christian Life Church. The battle's already won when you lose your song and you sit down. Somebody needs to stand back up and say, you know what? I remember when I was a worshiper. I remember when I was a praiser and I refuse to not be a worshiper and a praiser. Somebody help me get back up. Somebody help me find my song. Somebody help me tune up with the music because I've got to sing the Lord's song in my struggle oh somebody just praise him for a few minutes in the house Come on, I don't have to preach any longer. If you'll just get up and you'll find your song. If you'll just find your praise tonight. God will do what he intended to do before I ever started preaching tonight. I got five pages left I can preach. But God is wanting somebody to get their song back. To get their praise back. To get their desire back. Come on, give the Lord praise. I can't do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. I can't find your praise for you. You got to make up your mind on your own. You got to find your song on your soul by yourself. You got to find your praise in your battle, in your struggle. By the river of Babylon, I'm going to keep my song. By the river of Babylon, I'm going to hold on to my music. I'll hold on to my singing. I'll hold on to my worship. I hear the voice of the Lord speaking through his word tonight. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Come on, somebody. Find your song. Find your praise. Restoration. I 
I need some of my prayer warriors to help me. I need some of our preachers to help me. I need some of our ladies that are strong in prayer and worship to help me. But I need you to get in groups of two or three, four or five. And here's what I want you to do tonight. Our young people may not fully understand this. And our new converts may not fully understand this. But our elders are going to understand this. We're going to pray with them until they have a breakthrough. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We pray until their spirit is revived. We worship until their spirit is renewed. We praise God until there is a breakthrough, a rebirth in that spirit. Come on, get together in groups of three or four or five and pray one for another and worship together until there is a breakthrough until there is a breakthrough